murder. Swerving with my circus, looking for a purpose. Pseudo clean record, hope got Hey, Canteeners, welcome to episode 70 of Culper's Canteen Cup. We hope you enjoyed 69, dudes. And a shout out to Roger on that great cover art, man. I, I did a, a low effort uh, rendition of that, and Roger's like, nope, that ain't good enough. I'm going to clean that up. So if you haven't seen that cover art, let's go, Brandon, and check it out on YouTube, man. Roger's shirt, awesome, man. I better love than it. my woke, Better it. than my woke cat last week. <laughs> so... I want to get an update from Josh on his uh, progress on 75 hard. And then uh, after you give us your update, I want to, I want to give the audience a little rundown of what, of uh, what I'm doing as far as that goes. All right. Yeah. So, uh, so 75 hard. So I'm on day 17, day 16, day 17. I forget which one. I have to go back in and look at the uh, look at the app. So I only weigh myself on Mondays um, because uh, you know you can't step on that scale every day because you're going to go up and down and you know you're going to get discouraged and, and this and that. So right now I am down 10, 10 pounds. It's um, awesome. You know, the, yeah, I mean it's uh, it's awesome. And I tell you, this, the routine of getting up. Right. And so I had to for it like this morning was this morning was a little hard. Like I was tired. I woke up and I was just like, you know what? Maybe I'll just try and squeeze in two after I get home from work two 45 minute workouts. And it was like, no, that's silly because, you know, we're going to record. You got dinner, you know, you got, you know, kids and everything. And so it was like, OK, no, that's that's crazy. So, you know, I had forced myself to get up, went and did my 45 minute workout this morning, pounded a uh you know, 32 ounces of water. Um, and then, you know, started getting, started getting ready for work. And, you know, it's just a different, I, I feel different in the mornings when I'm getting ready for work. And like when I'm driving to work, like I'm actually awake, um, you know, I'm, I'm awake, I'm alert, like I'm ready to start the day. Like I walk into the office, not, you know, half dead and, uh, and I'm motivated, man. Like I, I, I go in, I'm awake, I'm ready to, uh, you know, ready to get after it. So, so you're down 10 good, pounds, man. huh? 10 pounds. Yeah, ten pounds in two weeks. Um, That's awesome. So yeah. for all you viewers out there, you know they say video and TV adds ten pounds. So what you're seeing, Josh, right now is the way he normally looks. <laughs> That's the way he normally looks. <laughs> Roger's got jokes. That's good. He's he, he's trying to get me back for the uh, for the Facebook post. Uh, you know from from the episode that was here pretty slick a couple of days ago. You like that? I didn't. I didn't think you read it. You know, honestly. I was sitting there. I'm sitting there, and I grabbed my cup of coffee, and you know, and I got my glasses on, and I'm. Just just kind of scrolling through, you know, you wake up in the morning, like, all right, get my morning routine. I'm reading through it and I'm like, this motherfucker, <laughs> you know, and I actually like chuckled. <laughs> I actually chuckled to myself. So yeah, it was pretty good, man. It was good timing. No, you were, you know, you, you hit me up and you're like, Hey man, you need to, uh, you know, if you're going to be the social media czar, you need to, you know, you need to do your job, uh, getting, kind of getting a low <laughs> effort out of you. Like, like, like Luke's last cover art. And, uh, so I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I got, I got to I got a post for you. Oh, <laughs> So. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was good. It was good. It, it literally made me chuckle when I was sitting there by myself. So it, it was a good way to start the day. So before, before we dive in, I, I just had this great idea um, and bounce it off the audience, bounce it off you guys. You know, uh, Joe Exotic. Remember Joe Exotic? If you guys yeah, have forgotten Tiger Joe King. Exotic, this is him right here. My daughter gave this uh, coaster to me for, for my birthday. And I was looking down at that and I was like, you know, you remember that song he sang? Uh, about the tiger you remember that in the show tiger king yeah, it was really yeah, good country rendition and you know he's he's on hard times i wonder if we reached out to him at that 
federal penitentiary down at Fort Worth if he'd let us use his music as intro. Dude, how awesome would that be? Joe Exotic doing the intro for Culper's Canteen Cup. Even better, let's see if we can get Joe Exotic to use his one phone call to call in. (laughs) You know, we're going to learn about if that happens, if we could get Joe Exotic on this show, we would quickly learn about what the economists call economy of scale because we'd have to (laughs) scale up pretty quick. And Roger uh, went out and he uh, took it upon himself. This great, great initiative on his part to come up with a different platform to record on. So now we're on Zencaster and so far so good. But speaking of so far so good with Josh's 10 pounds of this 75 hard, I was like, you know what? Who's this Nick? What is his name, Josh? The guy that came up with it? Andy Frizzella. Frizzella. It's like, what kind of name is Frizzella? You know, this guy can come out with this, you know, ridiculous thing. It's basically Ramadan for white boys. You know, I can come up with something, you know, because seriously, like Ramadan, you know, Ramadan for white boys, man, that's 75 hard. It's exactly what it is. And Josh has been less crabby, actually. So maybe it's the opposite of Ramadan. But I'm coming up with my own thing. If Frizzella or whatever his name can do it, I'm like, I can come up with something. And it's called 34.5 semi flaccid. Okay, this is this is my version of 75 hard. And you're going to you're going to cut your alcohol intake by half Monday, Wednesday and Friday. Okay, Uh, you're going to read five pages of erotic fiction series from erotic fiction series writer E.L. James, better known, you know, known for Fifty Shades of Grey and all that five pages a day. And you can listen to it if you want to. Uh, And you do or you can read it on a Kindle. You don't have to do this hard book stuff. Uh. Play a Squid Game game every day. So if you haven't seen Squid Game on Netflix, you have to like take a version of the games they play in that, and you have to play that every day. You drink a gallon of iced tea every day. Take a photo of your greatest enemy in your life. Josh, you know the, the former warrant officer you would do. You would do. <laughs> take a photo of your greatest enemy, preferably in black and white, and put it on your bathroom mirror and just stare at it every morning, just like Rocky did with Ivan Drago and Rocky IV. So instead of that progress photo, just put a photo of your enemy on your mirror. And here, here's the trick, though, and this is the hardest part. Your favorite bad food, and Roger's got some good bad foods for his cheat, day, cheat days, you know. Your favorite unhealthy food, like if it's funnel cake or Big Macs or something, for the first week of 34.5 semi-flaccid, you will eat your favorite unhealthy food, six full serving, six times a day for a week, for a straight week, six times a day. And at the end of that week, you're going to reflect on your poor life choices. You're going to make yourself not like that food. So I'm still refining my 34.5 semi-flaccid, but I think I'll be as big as uh, Frizzella in no time. <laughs> I love it. I love the fact that your new job allows you to have a lot of time on your hands. Oh, that's, uh, <laughs> dude, driving across the high plains. I send you guys pictures. Uh, I sent Roger a picture, Roger, and Josh, a picture the other day. I'm driving just across the high plains and, and I took a picture at, you know, sent it. It's like, this is what I'm looking at. And Josh is like, damn, that's flat as F. I was like, yeah, that's the way it is. I take a picture two hours later and send it. And Roger's like, what is that? The same photo you sent two hours ago. So yeah, I have a lot of time to think. I have a lot of time to think. I love it. I love it. No, man, uh, you should, uh, you know, you, you should definitely, uh, get a book out on that and, you know, you, cause you need to do a deep dive on it. 
and uh you know get folks behind you and then man just talk, get on get on a podcast all right you know here and it's like hey man i'm giving this out for free it's going to change your life you know all i you know this is just like andy frizella it's like hey man all i ask is just tell somebody about the podcast that's all you got to do <laughs> just tell somebody that's how you pay me back right you know what i may be able to start a, uh, a successful podcast if i do that <laughs> <laughs> maybe even one with a website Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, zing! Um, Worked zing, in zing. progress. Roger, why don't yeah. you get this thing on track, man? Get the, get this thing on track. We're already oh, off oh, the rails, bro. Hold on, hold on. Before before you do that, I got a couple shout outs. I need to uh, I need to give real just real quick. And then okay, uh, first of all, Roger. Josh, you need to start taking full advantage of this platform. You see, we got the little raise handy thing down here. I mean, you guys do Zoom meetings, you know. What? Josh does the. Uh, <laughs> He does the the tube and zubin or whatever. So he's got the little next time if you can raise your little hand and I think hold on, I think I can actually put it down. Maybe not. Put your I pants back on, Josh. We're good. We're good. Go ahead. Yeah. Hey man, I'm always doing the tube and zubin. Right? <laughs> Just a couple of shout outs. Hey, uh, real quick shout out to uh to Graham, Graham Cracker, uh listening. Uh so Graham Cracker just sent me, uh, you know, sent in our group text a uh, a picture. He got home and he had a deer stuck in his fence. Um, so he got to use his new uh, his new suppressor to uh, to go ahead and uh, oh, put wow. that poor deer out of his misery. Yeah. Um, real quick shout out to Bourbon Dave. Uh, so Dave is uh, he's currently in Kentucky at Old Forester doing a uh, barrel pick of an Old Forester single barrel barrel strength for. Uh, for the North Carolina Bourbon Society. The two Ryan's up in Nova. Appreciate you listening. JT up in Nova and uh Bruce. Uh, Bruce at work. I really appreciate you listening and uh entertaining us. And so I was th- so I was talking to Bruce the other day, and this is absolutely bananas. So Bruce has, you know, an, an RV. Um, he's actually got an RV that you, you know, you drive, you don't tow it. Like it's an actual, like it's a motor coach. Like it's a like it's one of those you look at it and you're like, Dude, is that, you know, is that ZZ Top uh, touring around? Because this thing is massive. Uh, it is, that there, really, Clark, is what they call an RV. Bro, it is, yeah, it is absolutely legit. Don't you go falling in love because we're going to take her with her when we leave next month. The, uh, <laughs> and so Bruce, you know, he, him and his family, they went out west uh, a couple months ago. And uh, we got to, you know, we were just kind of talking. And he was telling a story. When they went into California, they got stopped. Like almost all the major entries into California, they have inspection stations and they are inspecting to see if you are bringing produce in. Yep. Because, dude, I had like, I was like, I'm sorry, what? You can't. They've been doing this for like decades. Well, it started. So it started in the 1920s because I was like, at at that point, I was like, what is going on? What is this? Like, I have to research it. Right. So it started in the 1920s. But no, like they stopped. It's like a, you know, it's like a truck way station. You got to pull in. They actually, you know, come on board your vehicle and they go through. They open cabinets, drawers, everything. And they're looking for they're looking for fruits and vegetables and stuff. And so, like, I threw like I wrote down a couple of, uh, of common ones. So apples and nectarines, if they are from the Dakotas, Nebraska, Kansas, Oklahoma, Texas, and every single state east of there, they are not allowed to come into California without being inspected and issued a permit. Um, butternut. Butternut can only come from California. It can't come from any other state. Citrus fruit can only come from California. It can't come from any other state unless it gets inspected and you get a permit. Chestnuts, only chestnuts from Arizona 
in California are a lot, you know, are allowed in California. Uh, pecans, pecans can't come from anywhere unless they're inspected and you get a, you have a permit. And, uh, dude, I was like, what in the world is going on in California, dude? You couple that with them banning, you know, small engines. So January 2024, no more gasoline engines and uh, like, you know, lawnmowers and, you know, pressure washers and, and stuff like that. They are, it's done. Because that's a front though, right? I mean, the fruit thing, like it's been around for a decade. I, I remember younger, you know, my younger years, teen years or whatever, lived in California and driving back and forth. You know, it's been around forever. I mean, that's not seriously what they're doing. There's something else. There's like, there's some other reason that they're. Dude, I have no idea, but that's absolutely, absolutely insane. You couple that with the battery thing, right? Do you think of how many small businesses utilize, you know, small power equipment? You know, you think of all the landscaping businesses, you know, with, you know, backpack blowers and, you know, lawnmowers and zero turns and, and everything. And they're like, nope, they all have to be electric come 2024. Because we know that, you know, digging in the earth for, you know, batteries, you know, to uh, precious metals to, to make batteries like, you know, pr- like cobalt and stuff. We know that's a lot better than, uh, you know, all the uh, carcinogens that, uh, you know, that little my little 3.5 Briggs and Stratton uh, push mower puts out. Uh, yeah, it is absolutely insane. California, man, I, I, all I ask is, will the last American out of California please bring the flag? That's because that place is, <laughs> that place is. Awesome. Ooh, which flag? The Californian flag? Or the <laughs> no, no, flag? no, not even the California flag, man. They're going to put a hammer and sickle on that bear and, and just call it a day. Um Hey, man, I, I, I was shocked. I had no idea about that. I learned something new, and it made me sad. So, I don't know. I just don't understand how people that live there, you know, and I think we talked about this before a couple of times, uh, especially like up in the San Francisco area, and I'm not as familiar with the L.A. area and this and that, but like with San Francisco, I mean, I've watched that place go downhill since the 90s. And and I wasn't even a long-term resident, right? I was there for, for school and, and the Army and, and whatever else, but... Uh, you know, it used to be like, oh, you went down to Hayton Ashbury and that's kind of like where all the crazy people hung out with, you know, and this and that. And, and, and other than that, generally it was pretty clean. You had pockets just like any, you know, major city does and or whatever. But now dude, it's like, holy cow. I mean, this whole place is, is a shithole. Uh, and I know we can use that term. I know there, I guess people are offended if we say other countries are shitholes. I guess we can say San Francisco's a shithole and we're fine. But for those long-term residents that have stayed there, that have watched it go downhill, over the last at least 30 years, uh, and maybe not 30, maybe about a good solid 20, uh, it's like, it, it's mind-boggling to me because I don't care whether you're a Democrat or a Republican. If I was watching my city go downhill like that, I would not vote you back in office. I mean, I would do everything I could to, when you look at the decline that they've had, uh, just like with Denver, there's just no way, and they keep voting these same people in office year after year after year. I just don't get it. I mean, it's just, it's mind-boggling to me. So much so, like even today, for the first time, it's actually the uh, the first time that I, I've sent an email to a Democrat uh, politician. But I actually sent a, an email to uh, Kirsten Cinema's office and was like, "Hey, I'm a conservative. I didn't vote for you, but I applaud what you're doing uh, by standing up against the social spending bill and you know uh, the filibuster. Uh, you know, just kind of left it at that or whatever. But it's the the fact that." She's probably the first politician. Why not? I understand she's got her own agenda or whatever, but it's like, hey, Democrat, Republican, and I'm not saying I'd vote for her, but with the big issues, she's doing what I feel was right for you know our country and our state. 
Um, so I think, you know, generally I fall more conservative, but at the end of the day, when it comes down to your quality of life and your rights and this and that, I mean, dude, that has no party lines, Luke, right? I mean, it's like, I, I, just, I don't get how these same people get elected over and over and over and over again. And I tell you this, it, it, it's so much so that during the next, uh, well, Mark Kelly, I mean, that dude's ghosted, but, uh, you know, cinema's catching a lot of flack out here. She's catching a lot of heat, especially from the, you know, progressives and, and the liberals and, uh, it will cause me to really take a hard look and say, you know, whoever, I don't know who the GOP is going to throw up. And, uh, but if the GOP throws up a, a very weak candidate, uh, you know, if it was like another Jeff Flake or something like that, dude, I'd probably have to vote for cinema. Mm. I mean, actually, if Flake was running, I would vote for cinema over Flake. I can tell you that right now. Well, I'm glad to hear you say that. I mean, that's, you know, I wish Bonnie could hear you say that. You know, Roger and, and Josh. Well, and Luke. she can she can hear me. She can't hear you say it because you're <laughs> <'Cause> blocked. <I'm laughs> but you know, everybody. You know, Roger, Josh, and Luke are dying in the world. Trump supporters, MAGA for life, January. You know, all this stuff, and it's like, no, we're we're all three of us. I think pretty pretty discerning. Uh, and you're absolutely right. I mean, Republicans are lately have been just a speed bump in general. You know, your Mitch McConnell's. Uh, you know, Lindsey Graham. You know, they're, they're speed bumps. That's all they are. They talk a big game, looking at you, Dan Crenshaw. But man, where the rubber meets the road, you're not doing anything. And I got I to gotta admire progressives for, you know, sticking to their own guns and really following through on what they say. Republicans never do that. They, you know, you got Mitch McConnell. Well, hold on there, Democrats. You know, that's all he does. He doesn't stand up and, and do anything. So it's, it's good to hear you say that, that, that you admire cinema for, for standing up and like, Hey, you know, enough's enough. And I, I get what you're saying. It's like, who are they going to put up instead? You know, I had a conversation today about, you know, Greg Abbott uh, and, uh, you know, Texas governor and, you know, George P. Bush running for Texas AG and all this, this and that. And, you know, inevitably the subject of Matthew McConaughey came up and the conversation we were having, well, I won't vote McConaughey because he's going to be a Democrat. And I was like, well, let it's not unprecedented for Texas, a red state to vote in a Democrat governor because, you know, back when, oh, uh, her name escaped me, but uh, we had a Democrat governor a few years back. <laughs> her name escaped me. And it, Texas was as red as it ever was in the presidential election with her as governor. Um, God, I'm blanking on her name. And I said about Matthew McConaughey, I said, I'll have to see what his policies are. You know, I have to see where he stands. Um, I'm not going to vote for him because I think he's a cool actor and he's got a great voice and all that stuff. I, I want to see what his policies are first. I'm not just going to vote straight R ticket. I feel that way stronger than I ever have right now. So I'm glad you brought that up, Roger. It's like, you know, I'll, I'll vote for cinema if they put up a Jeff Flake. Of course I will. Because Jeff Flake is just a wolf in sheep's, sheep's clothing, you know, just a speed bump. Yep. You're not going to do anything. What do you stand for? Are you conservative or are you just a, you know, establishment, neocon, whatever? So, yeah, I mean, Josh, what you know, you were you said earlier, we have to take Congress in 2022. You said that. And did you mean the House and the Senate? Uh, because I think the House is a slam dunk. Personally, I think it's a slam dunk. My question is, what do you think the change? Do you first of all, do you agree with the House uh, being a slam dunk? And second question, do you think we have a chance at the Senate? So the house, I don't know that the house is a slam dunk. Um, you know, so because I, I'd, I'd have to go back and see, I'm not prepared to, you know, to speak on the races that are going on in 2022 for the house. 
uh, right now. Uh, I do think there's some there's some states that are that are up for grabs. Um, you know, some obviously well, some you know some districts for the House. I think the uh, Republicans just flipped one. I can't remember if it was in Iowa or Indiana. It's been it's been blue for for decades, and you know they they finally flipped it, and uh, so. And I have to go and see, you know, which one, which races in the in the Senate are uh, are going to happen. And I don't think we have to take. I don't think the Republicans have to take both. You know, I mean, they could take one, um, and you know, at least that would, as far as legislation goes, that would be able to stop some of the, you know, some of the nonsense that, you know, they're 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 trying to push through. Because you take a look at even the filibuster, and you, you do, let's take the Senate. Dude, the only two people holding the line in the Senate is Joe Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema. They are the two most powerful politicians in Washington D.C. today. Yep, hands down. Yep, and you know that can't that that margin can't get any smaller for for the Republicans. If it gets any smaller for the Republicans, it's going to be done. I think. Um, you know what we what we don't want. You know, you take a look at Byers on the Supreme Court. That dude, he's no spring chicken. And I mean, anybody could go at any time, right? Tomorrow is is promised to no man. Um, but you know, if I had to take my bets, I, I would, you know, I'd probably bet buyers would would go before, you know, before. Uh, well, and they're they're trying to pressure him to resign. They retire. want him to retire now so that he can, you know, so Biden can appoint a new one. Um, and so I just, you know, that I'm not so much worried about the Supreme Court justices right now because we, you know, we were able to get three on on the bench, uh, you know, so. I think that I think we're good there. Um, my worry is now is just the the laws that are that they are trying to push you know through, and I agree with you. You know, I, I dude, when it comes to you know Christian Cinema, you know, you being in Arizona and everything, I'm not in West Virginia, but if you know if I was a West Virginian, depending upon what Republican run it, like I would vote for Joe Manchin in a heartbeat. Um, because I think Joe Manchin is the last one of the few moderates on either side. Uh, you know, that is actually, he has the country's, uh, you know, best interest in mind. And he understands, you know, that you can't operate where you have a pack court that's changing laws every four years, knowing that would create so much turmoil and turbulence for the states. You can't have, you know, the filibuster gone um, because it would just, he understands that. And he understands, he's like, you know what, this might not be the popular decision. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and be the unpopular person because it's what's best for the for the nation. And going back and taking a look at his voting record, he has always, you know, for the most part, he has been a a, a steady hand, um, you know, and he's been predictable. He's not too far on, you know, in either direction. And if it, the country needs anything right now, it's you know, it's it's moderates. Uh, and 100 percent on on folks like Dan Crenshaw and Jeff Flake and Mitt Romney, you know, those guys. They talk a good game. They tweet a good game. You know, they're good on social media uh, for their staffer that's writing that for them. Um, but, dude, they they are absolute, absolute empty suits. Yeah, Liz. You know, Luke brought up Liz Cheney as well. Just the just the completely completely empty suit. And, and that's a good point um, on the uh, on the census. So California actually lost uh, seats. Uh, in uh, in the house due to the exodus of, uh, of folks leaving. I don't think it's not going to be enough to flip California, you know, red. 
by any means, any stretch of the imagination, but hopefully it'll give them something to, something to think about. One thing I, th- I think is going to weigh heavily in this is Biden's approval numbers, man. Biden's approval number continues to go Ooh. down. Is it what, like 38% now? And there's nowhere else for it to go. Uh, I mean, it is, it is bad. It is bad. And, you know, I think it's, let me, let me ask you something on that. So the Quinnipiac poll has them like 30 some odd percent, which they generally, uh, poll more liberals than they do Republicans, which means that it's lower than that. Right. It's, it's, it's actually probably in the twenties. Let me flip that around. What 20% of who thinks that Joe Biden's doing a good job, right? That number should be down at like at four. Yeah. That's for your, I mean, that's for the people who no matter what, no matter come hell or high water, dude, the, the, you know, their house could be burning to the ground. Joe Biden could have set it on fire and they will be like, nope, he's a Democrat. I'm voting for Biden or, you know, riding, riding with Biden, you know, regardless. And so you're always, you have those folks on both sides, um, you know, so my fear is this with, with Biden's uh, uh, approval numbers is that he is going to have to do something radical to get them up and to shore up the base and desperate people do desperate things. Um, you know, we just had that hypersonic test from China. Uh, we just had a hypersonic test, uh, today that the, uh, the DOD, uh, announced. I, I think that was intentional. Um, but I don't know if you guys were tracking, uh, I posted in our our little group chat earlier today. So Evergreen or Evergrande, um, you know, we were talking about that a couple of episodes ago and Luke had been following them and everything. And Evergrande was, you know, they were, they were getting ready to go bankrupt, you know, go, go bankrupt because their bills were due and they didn't have the money to pay them. Well, the Hobson, uh, Hobson development group that was going to bail them out and pay it. So that deal fell through today. Um, and now Evergrande is within days of those bills being due. And the person who, yeah, Saturday. the person who they thought was going to pay those bills for them is not going to pay those bills for them. Um, and I don't know, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. Is the U S going to step in and bail China out? Like, you know, Bush one did, um, and, and Clinton did, um, and Bush number two. Uh, to an extent, or, or are we going to let China go? Because here's what happens if we let that go. If we just let Evergrande fail, you know, fail and be like, Hey man, you know, sorry about it. The Chinese economy is going to get hit pretty hard, which means, you know, our, our economy and their economies, they're, they're intrinsically linked. And so that means our economy is going to go down. And that means, you know, approval numbers are going to continue to tank for the president. So what is he going to do? You know, drastic, what is he, you know, what is he just going to come off the rails and, and sue a sponte, you know, that's going to be severely radical to try and boost those poll numbers up? I don't know. Um, but I, I just we've seen that when you put these people in, you know, you back them into a corner, they tend to make very, very rash decisions, um, you know, and, and nothing is coming out of Goebbels. I mean, I'm sorry, Pisaki. Um <laughs> and the uh, the Ministry of Truth, even though you know, it, dude, like the other day, like the late night, you know, the the middle of the night flights where they're resettling, you know, illegal aliens across the United States. You know, like Ducey called her out, and what's her response? Well, those are more like those are those were at two o'clock, so that's more like an early morning flight, not a middle of the night flight. Earlier than you like to fly, right? Out. Yeah, no, man. Er- 
an early flight is I got to be, you know, I got to be at the airport at four because my flight is at like 515. That's an early morning flight. An early morning flight is not two when all the TSA checkpoints are closed and like there's no flights leaving. That's not an early morning flight. That's, that's a middle of the night flight. And just, just that level of just like, well, I'm just going to tell you whatever. And no matter how ridiculous it is, that's what you're going to have to accept as the truth. That's just, that's insane. Um, and, you know, so for Luke, I want to ask you this. What do you think if Evergrande fails, um, you know, it's obviously going to hurt the the Chinese economy, but how bad do you think it will impact our economy? I think that um, in the short term, I think that we'll continue to see supply chain problems and they'll, they'll exacerbate and get worse. And we'll get Roger's thoughts on uh, Mayor Pete, uh, big boy Pete and his paternity leave. <laughs> He's going to love going off on that. So I think in the short term, definitely supply chain issues. I think that uh, the narrative in the short term will be, well, this is Trump's fault because of what he was trying to do with China, uh, with the you know tariffs and the trade war and all that stuff. And this may have never happened. It doesn't matter if it's true or not. Uh, there are two separate realities in, in this nation right now. I think um, you'll see a, a shift of blame on Trump. And I, I think, Josh, you were saying, you know, will we bail them out again? I think that just based on how the administration is acting toward China right now, uh, we will help them uh, in, in any way we can. It may not be widely publicized, but, um, you know, economy, you know, one of the, you know, one of the national security uh, strategies that, that's been employed uh, for the past 30 years or more is intertwining the two economies. It just naturally has worked that way. There's a lot of scholarly studies on that, and that's at a very high level. If you intertwine economies you know, enough, you can almost guarantee there's not going to be war because you're hurting yourself if, uh, if you go to war with them. But you're also hurting yourself if their economy starts to tank or does tank, which the world saw in uh, 2007, 2008 uh, when, when, you know, we had the housing crisis. So everything is so intertwined that it definitely will impact. But man, how much worse does it get? I mean, we called this, you know, Roger loves and to tell people and he's absolutely right to do it that, you know, you need to listen to this show, man, because we called this in March of last year of 2020. We were calling this in March. It's like, folks, it's going to get bad. And this is exactly yep. what we were talking about. You're, you're, you know, it, it bothers me. It doesn't bother a lot of people, but it really bothers me. And maybe I grew up, you know, in a, in the eighties and nineties where we had so much, I just get a certain level of comfort from growing, going into a grocery store. And I didn't even know I had this comfort until it didn't exist anymore is going into a grocery store and seeing fully stocked shelves of shit that I will never buy. You know, I, I like seeing it. I love seeing, you know, uh, the hostess, the hostess aisle where it's all that crap is just there. And it's like, man, don't we live in a great country? This is great. Yes. Unless it's at Costco. If it's at Costco, even if like you don't want it. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Like that, that's where it backfires. Of, of whatever. I mean, it really bothers me, you know, walking into stores and seeing, oh, uh, you know, we don't have pepperonis today. We may have them next week. We may not. I don't know when we're getting them. Um, it, it's just, to me, that that is a sign of bad, bad things. Um, so, Josh, I, I don't know how, how well I answered that question. I do think that I don't know if everything hinges on Evergrande. I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, if it completely fails, I think there's going to, I think we could see a cascade of other failures in China. 
because of the radical construction that they you know, construction boom that they've been doing for the past 15 years. And, you know, those bills are coming due and, you know, they have the labor force. They definitely have the labor force, but it's the cheap labor force that works in, you know, the Xinjiang province putting together iPhones. It's not the labor force, you know, the white collar labor force. They're going to fill, you know, these massive downtown areas with these, you know, you know, hundred story skyscrapers. Uh, so I could see a cascade, but I, I think that the administration now will do whatever they can to avoid it. So Roger, with the supply chain issues, um, you know, if you were, let's say, a first sergeant of a company and the company had uh, a sexual assault case and then a uh, drunk driving case and then a lost set of nods, uh, no, two lost sets of nods, and let's say that a weapon is missing out of the arms room. But your wife just had a had a baby. Um, would the company commander, better yet, would the battalion sergeant major take kindly to you saying, "Well, you know, I'm entitled to 60 days of paternity leave"? I mean, would that fly or not at the first sergeant level, company level? I tell you, it would it would fly much smoother if it was maternity leave over paternity leave, right? That's my problem with a lot of this stuff. And I know we're switching here because it's, it's, it's actually a good transition because when we talk about supply chain issues, and, a, and a, another reporter actually asked this. I forget who it was. It wasn't Fox News. It was one of the, one of the other MSM reporters. But uh, they asked Saki, they're like, hey, you know, this is October of 2021. Um, COVID came around, you know, February, March of 2020. Uh, Joe Biden was elected in January. So why are you just now dealing with the ports and supply chain issues and this and that? You've had it almost an entire year. I even saw a post the other day. Hey, he's only been in office for 10 months. Give him a break. Dude, like 25% of his term's almost over. It's like, why weren't you addressing this, you know, when the, the day that you took over? You have to have that foresight, right? To say, hey, we're going through issues. We're going to go through some issues. We need to start taking actions now. And so then you have... You know, your, uh, your transportation secretary, who I don't know if anybody's seen that. We need to actually post a picture of it where uh, I think he put it on Twitter where it's his and his husband, him and his husband. And they do this mock, you know, he's like a little bit disheveled. It looks like he's kind of sort of wearing a hospital shirt, but not, you know, it's not real clear. It could be one. And they're kind of like maybe sort of lying in a hospital bed, maybe, you know, you can't kind of tell. And, you know, it's, it looks like a hospital setting. And, you know, you could almost maybe kind of see a little wristband that, like, maybe he was checked into a hospital. It's like, dude, you guys adopted a kid. Like, you didn't give birth. I mean, I don't care what you call it. And, and this is not even a, an LBGQT. None of that. Like, you did not give birth. You adopted a kid. You adopted a child. And there's two issues with it. One, so I do believe in the sanctity of, like, motherhood and giving birth. Maternity leave is because, you know, the, the, the lady just pushed out, you know, an eight-pound bowling ball out and needs time to recover, okay? Because in the Army, they'd be like, hey, you know, give her a PT test today. It's like she just gave birth yesterday. Well, she's not carrying the baby then, right? So you, you, that time is, is, is to recover, uh, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally, bond with the child, take care of the child, and this and that. And I know some of that stuff is dated, uh, and, and it's probably, you know, uh, you know, 
some things that we did, you know, years ago that people don't necessarily accept anymore, but I still believe in that, you know, there, there is a physical recovery that, that, uh, that needs to go on as, as long as the, uh, as well as the other bonding and this and that. So I understand the maternity piece. I'm not a big fan of the, of the paternity leave. I'm just not, you know, it's, uh, I get it if somebody needs a couple of days off or a week off, uh, cause I'm not saying not to be compassionate. I mean, there are, you, you do have things to work out as far as daycare and food and getting things up. Not that you didn't have nine months to do this, uh, previously, or, you know, in the, in the case of adopting, I don't know how long they've been planning that or whatever. Uh, he's obviously got a lot of means to him, uh, as well as his, his boyfriend or husband or whatever. So I don't think money's an object, but I get it for your typical, uh, American out there that needs a few days a week or whatever. I, I can okay. buy some of that stuff. I'm sorry, I didn't raise my hand, but dude, here here's my problem with it. And tell me if I'm all messed up, right or wrong or whatever. And this may be a little controversial to our more snowflakey type listeners out there. But it's like, dude, you knew for a while, if you went through the adoption process, that you were going to have a child. Okay, let's leave the uterus thing out of it. Right, right okay, so point. but here's mine, is that your transportation secretary... If you need maternity or paternity leave, if it was a female who was pregnant dealing with COVID and not just COVID, the disease, the, the fallout of it, maybe you're not the right person for the job. And maybe you should realize that, that you're not going to be able to, to have a baby. You're not going to be able to take leave because your job is just too important, period, period. That's, that's the way I see it. And, you know, people may say, oh, Luke, that's sexist. That's sexist, you know, because a woman, you're saying a woman couldn't do it while she's pregnant. Well, hey, you know, if a woman needs time to recover as the transportation secretary or the whatever, if your position is that high, man, maybe you're not the right person for the job right now. You know, if this was 2018, 19, when the economy is booming before we ever even heard of COVID, you know, may, yeah, maybe then we could handle it. You know, maybe you are the right person for the job. You can step back, have your deputy come in, but we are in crisis times right now. That's my problem with it, man. I, I didn't mean to, well, I did mean to cut you off, but I didn't mean to be rude. No, it, it's, you're, you're actually addressing the broader issue I was going to get to. So let me, let me go back to Buttigieg, you know, with his paternity leave, maternity leave, or, or whatever it is. So they had the, the photos. Okay, he takes leave. And then, so then you have a deputy, right? You have a deputy... Uh, Secretary of Transportation or whatever. So that person is John Bacari, who, by the way, is also the port czar. So how in the hell are we stuck with, you know, 100 some odd ships off the coast of L.A.? You can't make this up. And so that takes me to the broader topic that you just you're, you're getting to. And here's what it, here's what it boils down to. They do not care. I don't know, you know, and, and I don't know. Any other, I don't have any strong, well, I do have stronger words I'd use, but we try to keep this, you know, fairly clean. Uh, they don't care. It pisses me off to sit there and watch the president of the United States, man, woman, Democrat, Republican, I don't care who you are, turn your back on the American people and walk off and not take questions. It pisses me off to hear the snarky comments from Jen Psaki. It pisses me off to hear the cackling laugh from Kamala Harris. This is not funny. Like, I don't understand, like, you know, if we're talking about a booming economy or booming jobs report, or that's the time to, to joke, right? Ha ha, yeah, that's funny, da 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 so, so, you know, we're in the middle of this crisis, this pandemic, and, and yada, 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 and uh, you've got jokes. It's like, maybe now is not the time to be snarky. Hey, take it seriously. Right? Yeah, and, and Luke, you're, you're typing up just up there the tragedy of the delayed treadmill delivery. Yeah, exactly. It's like, hey, this is not funny. 
What, what part of this is funny? Kamala Harris. Well, I'm not going to the border today. <laughs> it's like, what, what part of that is funny? No part of it is funny and nothing will be held. You know, nothing will, uh, they're not going to hold any of them accountable. It's like Joe Biden talking about the, you know, the Americans and them coming home from Afghanistan, which by the way, are still over there. Hey, when we bring them back, you'll be the first one to know. What kind of joke is that? Like, why is that funny to anybody? And I think the media is finally starting to catch on. And, and it just goes back to, well, it's twofold. So you've got those that, that totally, and I'm talking about his administration. You've got those that don't care. You've got those that are going to toe the party line, which I think a lot of DOD is doing. They're just going to do it because I'm the soldier. And I'm just I'm towing the party line. Uh, and then you've got those that I, I look at Mayor Pete. Dude, he's just incompetent. I mean, he just, like, he doesn't even know. It, it, dude, it, it just, it doesn't even, like, oh, yeah, I am the transportation secretary. Maybe I should take care of, like, this whole port thing and, and, and whatever. And you brought up a valid point. It's like, hey, if you gave a crap during this time, if you find that, uh, you know, you can't do the job or, because here's the thing, even as the, even as, you know, he's at home at, at paternity leave or whatever, I mean, he's not breastfeeding, Right. You got two of you there. They make good money. Like, I don't know why he still can't work from home. Everybody worked remote during COVID for a year and a half. So, I mean, even if he has to offset some of those or delegate some of those responsibility to like an undersecretary, a deputy secretary, or whatever, I mean, he's got the ability to do that. But it goes back to your point that, well, hey, maybe if you've got all this stuff going on in life, which that's on them. I mean, you know, more power to them. That's great. Uh, maybe now is not the right time for me to be you know, in this department or, or to have this job. Because guess what? We had this problem last year. But that goes back to they didn't have the foresight to even say, hey, this was going to be an issue. And, you know, socky, snarky response. Well, that's because demand is up. Really? That, that's, the, that's the answer. What a, what a spin, man. That's because demand is up. And some of that demand is up. Demand is up with government money that was given to folks that are going out to buy stuff that they bought eight months ago that they're finally starting to get around to get in the ports. You know, we're not talking about created money where you went out and produced something, manufactured something, earned something or whatever. So even at that point, it, it's all just fake. You know, and, and that goes back to, and we're, I know we're all over the place on this thing, that, but that goes back to the economy. When you look at, you know, people like to look at the end result and they say, you know, uh, the market's up and, and a couple other indicators. It all comes down to productivity. Okay, and, and, we, and we talked about this in our early episodes, you know, difference between communism, socialism, capitalism, right? It's all about your inputs and outputs and where those are coming from and who owns those, okay? Having a solid unemployment number, but having that because the federal government is employing the 350,000 people weekly, that is not good. Yeah, the number looks good, right? But that is not good because that is not private businesses and the private sector creating jobs, Okay, uh, consumer spending being up is not good if that spending is coming from stimulus checks given out by the government, right? The number looks good. Hey, consumer spending is up, but it's not good when it, it's, it's stimmy checks coming in versus somebody went out and found a job and, and what have you. I mean, dude, it's, it's painful. And I think that, you know, a lot of folks, a lot of Americans out there, I think they see it. And even, you know, I, I do want to, it's actually a good, pretty good transition because, the next thing I wanted to bring up was the 2022 elections, you go into 2024, and, and McConnell, I think, did play this card right with, we got to get away from Trump himself as, as an individual. 
Okay, now you can you can applaud his his efforts, you can applaud his policies and the fighting spirit and this that which I do, but I don't think you can necessarily go back and continue to play that card. You know, I'm a Trump guy, I'm a Trump girl. I don't think you can do that. You know, you have to you have to display that 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 fighting spirit and uh, and the willing to do you know to place America first. Um, what I haven't seen lately, though, in the last week or so, especially on the in the mainstream media. You don't really hear a whole lot of it was Trump, it was Trump, it was Trump outside of the, the 6th January thing, because I think what you're seeing right now and, and Republicans are doing the right thing for like the first time in a long time. They're just keeping their pie holes shut, you know, because it's Democrats that are beating up on them. Democrats are beating up on Joe Biden. Uh, Democratic voters and the progressives, they're coming back. And fortunately, uh, for the first time in a long time, the GOP is just kind of sitting back and saying, hey, you know what? Let them duke it out because they're beating each other up, uh, which is the way to go. You know, going back to uh, some of the folks that we're talking about, you know, Josh said, hey, we need more moderates in there. You're absolutely right. Because I tell you, here's your thing. Like your Romneys and, and your McCaskills and your Sasses and your Collins, they're not moderates. They're just anti-Trump. So they try to portray themselves as moderates. No, just because you're against the president doesn't mean, it doesn't make you a moderate, right? But it's... Uh, you know, going back to the to the cinema thing, you know, it's it's at least I believe with her that she is doing what she feels is the right thing for this country moving forward, and I can live with that. I can live with that. So I don't know, Josh. What do you think about, um, you know, what do you think about moving forward with this twenty twenty two election? Uh, one, let, you know, look at Virginia, dude. I mean, that thing. You talk about a bellwether. If Youngkin comes back and beats McAuliffe, I mean, that has got to be an eye opener, right? You got to be, it's got to be an eye opener. And I like the rhetoric that's coming out from this. It's the support for the Trump doctrine policies, this and that, but not necessarily an endorsement of Trump. And I think that's the fine line that you have to walk. Okay. Cause I, like we've said before, I'm never inviting president Trump over to like babysit my kids. God knows. I love his policies. I love what he did by placing America first. Do I think he's a great dude? Probably not. Uh, but I think that, you know, they've been able to kind of walk that fine line uh, even though out here I've seen, uh, it seems like they've crossed it a little too much for, for my taste, but I just kind of want to get your thoughts on, you know, that Trump doctrine for 2022 and then your, uh, your thoughts on the Virginia race. So I was, you know, I've been watching the McAuliffe, um, yes, good thing. And, you know, McAuliffe actually got up and walked out of an interview the other day. And all I did was ask him, you know, cause he's, he's campaigning on, you know, schools That's one of his, you know, that's one of his big, uh, punchlines is, you know, we got to do what's, you know, best for the schools. We got to make sure the schools are good. And so a reporter asked him, okay, well, what's your plan? And he like, he threw a temper tantrum and got up and walked out, like didn't do the interview. So I think McAuliffe is slipping a little bit. Um, but I just, I don't know if that's going to be enough, even coupled with the, the disaster that is Loudoun County, Virginia and, and their school board, I don't know if, you know, you guys are tracking that, the latest out of there. I don't know that those two things coupled together are going to be able to overcome the Northern, the, you know, the, the electorate of Northern Virginia. Um, it is, you know, that's obviously uh, a very densely populated area. It's very, very blue. I don't know that that's, you know, yeah. It's the Democrats, yeah. Texas, right? I mean, that's what I think. Yeah. I think it's a Democrats version of Texas. Hey, we can get it this time. Just one more. Do we yeah. do? I nope, just, we I, lost. I don't know that 
you know, that's going to be enough to, to overcome McAuliffe in Virginia. Um, but Virginia is also one of those states that, you know, they go back and forth. Um, you know, it's kind of like North Carolina. North Carolina is a majority red state, but yet they, they elected a, you know, a Democratic governor. Um, you know, Virginia, you know, it's again, man, it's hard to beat that, that population density in Northern Virginia, but, you know, on occasion they'll elect a Republican. Um, so I, Virginia is a toss up. I definitely think the momentum is not, uh, is, you know, is not with McAuliffe right now, which is good. Um, so as far as the Trump doctrine and, you know, people, I think you're spot on. I think people are embracing Trump's policies without using his name. And this is, you know, and this is why I don't want Trump to run in 2024. And is because if Trump runs in 2024, they split the base. Um, you know, even if he won the, even if he won the primary, all of those folks who, you know, are like, man, I can't vote for Trump. I'm going to vote for Biden just because I hate Trump so much. I, you know, those same people, a lot of those same people right now are like, wow, man, this Biden is really, he's terrible. Like he's worse than Jimmy Carter, like a hundred times worse than Jimmy Carter ever. Do Jimmy Carter, his last year in office so Jimmy Carter's last year in office, his <laughs> approval rating was not as low as Joe Biden's is right now, 10 months in. Like, that's how bad Joe Biden's doing for anybody who wants to put that in perspective. And, hey, man, if everybody wants to, you know, you want to you want to keep voting for Joe Biden and you might not. You, this might happen before 2024. You want lines at the gas pumps. You want gas rationing. All right, well, FAFO, right? Um, you You may get that. And so. I think that's what, you know, I think a lot of those people, you lose them who would be like, man, I can't, I'm not voting for Biden under any circumstances. You lose them if Trump is the other option or those folks just stay home and we don't, we can't have them stay home, especially with the mail-in ballots that are going to be as prevalent as they are now. Um, you know, I just, you can't have people stay home. It's it, it people you know, for those who listen to this and I'm going to assume that, you know, most of you guys kind of skew, you know, conservative. Um, if you, if you don't skew conservative, hit us up, let us know. We would love to have you on. We would love to chat with you. Uh, you know, non-confrontational, non-hostile, uh, you know, we would love just to be able to chat with you. But to, you know, if you, if you're listening, you cannot pick sides anymore. Like, you, you can't straddle the fence anymore. You have to pick a side. And you can't straddle the fence. You can't just say, well, I'm just going to stay home and not vote. Those days are over. Honestly, those days, those days are over. Uh, you have got to get out and vote. You've got to go do it. Um, and real, what, yeah, 81 million people, y'all. 81 million. If you believe it. 81, 81 million. million. Um, so real, real quick on the, on the, on the Mayor Pete thing, um, the whole paternity leave thing i completely agree it's complete bs uh you know hey man you you know take your week or two you know to make sure that your you know your wife is settled in you know everything's good and stuff like that but hey man like those bills are still coming like you got to get out and work um and especially if you're the transportation secretary in a crisis that's like dude that's like the 82nd airborne division commander being on leave when they've got to blow out the ready brigade and he's like, well, man, no, I'm good. I'm going to leave. Sorry. Hopefully, hopefully the, you know, hopefully the deputy commander can take care of that. Like that's not happening. Like, you know, dude, nine 11, 
I'm sorry. I'm on leave. Nah, my bad. Yeah, man. Nah, I'm on. Uh, you know, I'm on leave. I just, uh, I just adopted a kid. And if you go back to episode 18 of uh, Culper's Canteen Cup, Fit for a King, right? That way, that's a two to seven year process on average to adopt a child in the United States. It's a two to seven year process on average. So you knew what you were doing long before you, you know, became the the Secretary of Transportation. And, you know, but I also fought the folks who nominated them after, you know, the secretary of transportation. All right. So what's your experience in transportation? I ride on a train. I like trains. Well, dude, I like baseball, but that don't make me a major league baseball player. And that doesn't, you know, I've been to, I've been to baseball games. That don't make me a effing baseball player. So it's just, it's a complete disaster from, you know, from soup to nuts on this thing. Um, it's not going to, it's not going to get any better. That's why at least like we have got to take one of the chambers uh, and for AOC, uh, when we talk about the chambers of Congress, that's the Senate and the house. Uh, you know, just so, just in case you're still wondering, and for those of you out there who had passed a third grade, uh, yeah, it, it, you have to, you have to. Um, and just real quick, last thing I'll say, I'll may repeat. And then, uh, give it a give it over to Luke is um I don't care for all you alphabet people out there Mayor Pete and his partner husband whatever he is they did not have a baby it is scientifically impossible for either one of them to birth a baby they lack this thing called a uterus uh therefore it is you believe in science you know you like to walk around and you know talk about science and you know the science of climate change and the science of the covid vaccine well this is actual science a man cannot have a baby it just it is scientific it is impossible (laughs) so write that down take notes um swirl it around in your head and uh with that i'll uh i'll kick it over to to luke without even asking a question I don't know, man. I I, I want to question your science because you know this photo yeah, here. Dude, two guys two are years. holding a baby sitting in a hospital bed. Did, did so, that baby? Yeah, you see how they make it look. You know, yeah. Oh, and you actually can see so, the medical bracelets on both. You of know, them. I, I'll make a, a couple points here. You know, there, there's there's. I really love the only thing I love more than disagreeing with you guys and getting in a big argument and saying "f you." Why I, I, I'm done with Culper's Canteen Cup. Uh, you know, an MF and Josh behind his back to Roger and MF and Roger behind his back to Josh. The only thing I like better than that is agreeing with you guys. And we'll hit this one, all three. I love the echo chamber. I just love it. You know, uh, you know, Mike Durant, uh, you know, (laughs) as we were talking about, Mike Durant came out and said exactly, you know, it said exactly what needed to be said. And the only thing I like even better than agreeing with you guys is, uh, is, uh, pumping, pumping myself up and, uh, telling everybody I told you so. Uh, There's a certain politician out there um, who I confided in this uh, politician who is who is running for office. Uh, Back when they threw their hat in the ring to run, uh, they saddled their 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 star or they saddled their horse to Trump's star. And my point to this politician was you don't have to do that. You do not have to do that. Don't you can say make America great again without saying MAGA. You can say build that wall without saying build that wall. You can say lock her up without saying those exact words. The the feeling of the American people is still there. The feeling for Trump may not be, 
But what got Trump elected, those feelings are still there. So don't saddle your political horse to his, or carriage or whatever to his star. Say your own thing. If you believe that, say your own thing. And that's exactly what Mike Durant's doing. He's saying, look, I agree with all the policies. Don't agree with the man, but I, I agree with all the policies. Dude, you don't even have to say that. And, it, you know, just say what the people want to hear. You know, don't say what they want to hear. Say what you believe. Those same platforms that he ran on, say it, but just in a different way. You don't have to be him. You know, so it, we'll see what happens with this politician. But, you know, it, it is frustrating when it's frustrating to be right all the time, isn't it, guys? It's, it's, I mean, it's it's frustrating. <laughs> no, you know what it is? It, it's not being right. Everybody saw this. I mean, you know, I always go half and half. And, you know, when they talk no, about, sorry. and I know I totally just hijacked your, your segment here, but they talk about like the Southwest pilots and this and that, right? I don't feel sorry for not one of them. You know why? Because your union backed Joe Biden. Okay. I can, I can give some leeway to Barry because he kind of came out of nowhere. Nobody knew who he was. Uh, you know, young, good looking dude, articulate, you know, he's enthusiastic, some charisma. I get it, right? No past performance. Joe Biden had over four decades in office. Four decades. There were no secrets there. So it's not that we were right. Everybody knew this. But it, it's like this, uh, it's kind of like when your car gets stolen, right? So you're, you're parked in a hotel, uh, you know, you park it, you know, right up here at the, you know, the front or whatever, and you come out and your car's not there. And then you still walk around the hotel, like maybe like some slim chance you actually park behind the hotel and not, you know, front. So you walk around for like 15, 20 minutes before you actually call the cops. That's what it is, man. Those people, it's like, you know, what's coming. You just, you just hope that, you know, uh, eh, maybe I'm just wrong. I just, I don't want to believe what's, what's happening. Well, nothing, you know, outside of the eight years as vice president, and the other, you know, 40 or 39 years, uh, you know, in the Senate. I mean, what, what, what did you think was going to happen? Right? Plenty of past performance there. So when they talk about these 81 million and all these people that are pissed off now, and I know not all of them because a lot of folks, you know, there's still, you know, 77 million that voted for Trump. But all these people coming out and these teachers and stuff, hey, man, you know what? You voted for them. You're getting exactly what you voted for. And I hate to sound angry about it, but I get pissed <laughs> off because we told you so. Right. And not just us, not talking about C3 and, 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 and us three, but like folks out there were telling people, even with Donald Trump, with the messaging. I mean, I, I just saw one the other day where uh, he was like, yeah, you know, we're going to go through a recession if you elect this guy, yada, yada, yada. And I get it as Donald Trump and some people don't like him. But everything he said was true. Everything he said was true. And so people, you know, just didn't want to believe it. That was good. But anyway, sorry for hijacking points, your, your you piece there. That's, that's what pisses me say off. It. Well, it's on your mind. I mean, that's all good points. It. It all the way around it. It's frustrating, and what's more frustrating about it is we're in it for four years, and it's just man, it's going to be a long four years. And what's interesting, you know, Josh brought up uh, Jimmy Carter, and it got me to thinking. I wonder what Jimmy Carter's approval rating, and I know the polls, you know, are done differently now, and everything. It may not be as accurate uh, back then, but I wonder what his approval rating was right after Desert One. You know, I mean, I think that would be something to to see is like, wow. Cause I bet it tanked, you know, and I don't know. I thought that was interesting. You know, you all, you all know how I feel about mayor Pete, but, um, you know, Josh bringing up the, the no uterus thing. And it, it kind of reminded me of something, uh, that happened to me two nights ago. Uh, 
sitting there watching a squid game and enjoying the hell out of it. And I just can't stay away from the news. You know, uh, Rogers laughed about squid game, but, uh, I can't, I can't stop watching. I can't stop checking the news. I got to check the news, check the news, check the news. So I checked the news real quick on my, on my app there, uh, ground news and Netflix CEO or whatever, uh, kind of started caving to the pressure of his own employees, you know, protesting outside of Netflix, you know, headquarters saying, you know, Dave Chappelle is a hate monger and all this stuff. And the CEO came out and said, maybe I should have thought this through before putting it on. And I panicked. And I was like, I- I've been meaning to watch The Closer. It's it's what his new special on Netflix is called. It's called The Closer. And so I just, I turned off uh, Squid Game, which was hard, and turned on uh, Chappelle's, you know, new new special. And, you know, I... Put it to you this way: If you haven't, if you have seen it, maybe you'll know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, uh, I would I'd recommend going and watching it. And even even my mom and dad, I told them, you know, it, it's harsh. The language is harsh, but you should go watch it because it's the it's some of the most genius comedy uh, in a, a, a very long time. Uh, he confronts certain issues, and he really, really the reason Netflix employees were uh, upset is because he took on the the transgender issue. He calls, you know, LGBTQ, he calls them the alphabet people. And one of the reasons his comedy is so genius is because he'll make you laugh and like, yeah, isn't life just like that? Yeah, ha, ha, ha. But then he'll bring it back around and really make you examine your own way of thinking about things. It makes you examine yourself while you're laughing. And that's genius. And there, there are two, and now they're trying to crucify him. They're trying to cancel him. If they had their way, oh, they want to lock, lock him up, man, throw away the key. They, there was a lot of people out there that would be perfectly happy with the cops rolling in during Dave Chappelle's show while he's saying these things, arresting him and throwing him in jail. There were two other comedians like that. One was called Lenny Bruce, who was a groundbreaker back in the 50s. And he said some harsh language that cops would roll him up and put him in jail. Because, you know, it, it was censorship, straight up. And George Carlin. Those two, he got thrown in jail too. He was a genius. You go back and listen to his uh, his specials today. It's the same as Reagan's Reagan's speech at the '68 convention. Go and listen to it today. It applies the same way, and that's genius. So I, I would encourage everyone. You know, as long as we're talking about Mayor Pete and the uterus and transgender and all this stuff that's so confusing to someone who's grounded in fact and science and truth. Go watch Closer by Dave Chappelle because, man, it'll, it'll blow you away if you can get over the way he talks. Same as George Carlin. You get past all the F-bombs and, you know, the crude language, really listen to the substance of it. It's genius. Truly is. Um, so that, that was powerful uh, to me anyway, and I, I, I just think it's funny. Anyone uh, criticizing Dave Chappelle and trying to cancel him are the same people who would have thrown Lenny, Lenny Bruce in jail would have thrown George Carlin in jail, would have tipper gored people, you know, parental labels, stuff like that. So anyway, that was that was kind of really off the rails, but but it made me think of, of Dave Chappelle closer. Um, Roger, do you have any comments on anything other than Squid Game? Because uh, that that that's really on my mind, dude. Squid Game, I can't <laughs> stop thinking about it. It's crazy. I did finish watching Squid Games last week, and uh, it's pretty good. I like it. I, I dug it, and it's uh, it was kind of cool being able to hear the Korean and read the the English uh, subtitles and stuff like that. Kind of helped me my own language proficiency. But 
I want to throw this out to Josh because you're talking about the Dave Chappelle show and we almost watched it the other night. We may watch it tonight or, or maybe this weekend with, with the wife. But when did people stop just like changing the channel? I mean, it's like the whole, it's like the Howard Stern movie, right? With, with private parts when they were talking about, you know, X amount of million people listen to him. Why? Well, because they want to hear what he's got to say next. Well, what about the people that hate his guts? It was more. Well, because they want to hear what he says next, right? It's like, when did people just say, hey, if it's not impacting me, right? If it's not impacting me and, 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 and you know, damaging our nation as a whole and our culture as a whole or whatever, because I, I think it's pretty clear, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, the Dave Chappelle's new show is not going to damage the culture of, of America, you know, or, or anything like that. Uh, whatever happened, you know, it's kind of like Facebook. Like, why don't you just scroll through? Like Netflix has got, you know, 500 million movies on there. You know, 15 of them are pretty good. Uh, so why not just go on to something else? I mean, when did everybody, it's like, no, I have to sit here and I have to watch this to get butt hurt. Like, when did that change? It, so it, it just seemed it, like it was all of a sudden. It started probably in the nineties during the dot-com boom. Um, and so I have, so cause I've, I've thought about this before a couple of times back in the eighties. I remember, you know, so I remember growing up and I remember my dad, <clears throat> I remember my dad working. Dude, my dad wasn't busy. Wasn't he? He wasn't. He didn't have enough time on his hands to be offended about anything because dad was. Hey, I got to go get to work. I I have to go to work to support my family to make sure there's food on the table. You know, my mom was like, I don't have time to be offended about anything uh, because I got to get you kids to school. I got to get your doctor's appointments. I got to get to work. I got you know, like it was a we we weren't. We weren't rich enough for people just to sit around and find something to be offended about. But here come, you know, here comes the dot-com boom. Here comes the late 90s. Here comes the early 2000s. And people are comfortable. People are comfortable, man. People have time to go sit in a coffee shop, you know, instead of working because, you know, they make, they, you know, they got enough cash flow from whatever coming in. You know, as, you know, wages are going up and, you know, the economy, they do, the economy is great. Um and people had time to sit around and say, well, I can't complain about, you know, my job. I can't complain about, you know, my coffee, my latte, this or that or anything else. So what can I complain about? Because people have to complain about something. The majority of people, myself included, I mean, we're like privates in the military, right? We, I mean, you're going to bitch about something, uh, no matter how good you have it. That's just kind of, you know, that's kind of what you do. Um and so people started, you know, they started looking at it and were like, well, I, I have to complain about something. I'm going to complain about that because I don't have anything else to complain about. The, those of us who grew up with the George Carlins, those of us who grew up with the Richard Pryors, the Eddie Murphys, those of us who grew up, you know, like, dude, I remember when Two Live Crew came out with their album, you know, as nasty as they want to be because that, you know, they were in, they, they were in, I think it was <laughs> oh, Miami, Lord. you know, grew up in Florida. Like that would do, that was, it was all over the news and it was just, you know, Ma Bell clutching her pearls and be like, Oh my God, we can't allow this. This is, you know, just, this is horrific. And dude, you, I mean, you would have thought they were out there murdering people. And it was like, it's like, Hey, this is really easy. If you don't like their music, don't buy their, don't buy their record. Don't buy their CD. Like it's, it's turned the, like, Turn the radio. Like, it's truly that simple. Um, but people got, you know, people got offended about things. So, you know, they get offended about things so easily now. You know what? You know what else stopped happening, by and large? Is kids stopped having to hold the flashlights for their dads. Dude, 
you know how many times I held the flashlight for my dad and I got screamed at because I was not holding it in the right place or, you know, I was too busy, like looking around, doing everything, but holding the flashlight for my dad. I was like, you can't offend me. You can't hurt my feelings. I held the flashlight for my dad, man. <laughs> you know, dad's trying to rebuild the, you know, rebuild the carb on the 84 Buick Skylark. That's, you know, got a bad case of bronchitis and you got to, you know, consistently bash the gas pedal to get it to go down the road. He doesn't have time to be offended about anything. Any, you know, and our parents. But the thing is that they're not even truly offended because they sit here on one hand and what Dave Chappelle says offends me. And then they turn right back. I got to get back to my uh, WAP song by Cardi B, which I'm not dogging on it because I, I like Cardi B's music personally, this and that. But it's not even like no, being offended because it, they turn right back around and do that, offended, right? And the other part is they the people who do this and it's people on both sides that do this, they're, they're just trying to score wins. That's all they're trying to do. They're, they don't stand for anything. They're not principled. They really don't have any values. They're just trying to score wins and they're trying to remain relevant. Um, you know, and I, you know, I love watching them cause it's such a train wreck, but I'm a, you know, dog, the bounty hunter, right? You haven't heard anything from dog in a, in a while, you know, his TV show was, I think it's been off for, you know, maybe a couple of years. I hadn't seen it, you know, I hadn't seen it on for a while. And then, you know, you got this Gabby Petito and Brian Laundry, uh, you know, case come along and all of a sudden, you know, he jumps in there head first and he's like, Hey man, I'm going to find him. I'm going to find him. And, uh, yeah, I'll put your hand down, Roger. I'll get to you in a minute. I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you break the news for, you know, for the two people who haven't <laughs> heard yet. Um, you know, and so it's, you know, he jumps in and he's like, oh, I'm going to find him. I, I got him. And then, you know, flash in the pan. He was just trying to be relative again, man. That's all it was. He wasn't going to find him. He knew he was like, dude, I don't have a snowball chance in hell, you know, finding this kid. Um, but I need to, I need to be relevant again. And I think that's a lot of it has to do with these idiots who, you know, it's like, Oh, I'm offended. I can't believe this. I can't believe that. Uh, you know, but at the same time they're like, Oh my, this is immoral, this, that, and the other, but you know, they want to teach kids to accept pedophilia and you know, they want to, they want to have drag shows for kindergartners. You know, these people are, these, these people are nothing but human filth. Um, so yeah. So Roger, what you got? You raise your hand like a, like a, like a good child in, uh, in preschool. What you got? Hey man, I'm trained. So I said this quote, I said, me being a moderate centrist Democrat, if that causes you a problem, let me know. And I'd switch to be independent. Nice. Joe nice. Manchin. Oh, I, I thought you were, uh, I thought Just you were going to mention that, uh, they have, uh, identified the remains found in the, uh, park uh five miles north of uh laundry's house that is indeed him he is he's indeed deceased okay no because i don't really care i mean i feel bad for her i feel bad for her and everything but yeah like the, the amount we talked about it last episode amount of coverage and that yeah I, I don't really care i feel bad for the family you know, and, and who knows what happened or whatever, but, uh, so Josh, you yeah, mentioned I, something, uh, yeah, you, spot on all those points. Love it. When we agree, love it, love it, love it. Uh, people have too much time on their hands, too much navel gazing going on. So they gotta, you know, come up with something to get that W to make, you know, get that, you know, uh, that drug rush to their brain that they're not getting on social media. Cause it's kind of going away. They're getting a, you know, a nerd to it and they're not working. And, you know, I typed into the chat, uh, you know, if we want to keep going, which 
course we want to keep going, but our sound engineer always bitches when we go over 90 minutes. But uh, the worker shortage, dude, what the hell's going on? I mean, what is going on? I mean, it's kind of crazy. I mean, so I, I came up with a theory, and you, one of you guys jump in and tell me what you think. I mean, it's it's very odd to me that, you know, there's so many positions that aren't being filled, and especially in the healthcare industry. I mean, it's really insane. Where did all the people go? Did we have a rapture or something? Is this a left behind episode that I got stuck in? You know, what's going on? And I, I, I've been thinking about it a lot. And I'm like, you know, I think one of the factors, not the factor, but one of the factors could be that, you know, the workforce is made up of a lot of boomers, man, a lot of boomers and boomers that were on the tail end of that generation. You know, people that are a little bit younger than our parents. Uh, so people are in their early 60s uh, are still working and they're still able to work. Talked to his, you know, 62 year old guy just the other day, man, he was, he's working and he plans on working for another 10 years. He's in a field he likes, but I think this COVID for a lot of boomers, they're like done, done time for retirement. And you had a mass exodus of retirement nationwide. It's like, okay, I'm done. I'm going to get a, uh, FF, uh, what do they call it? USDA loan and move out into the country, you know, get myself 10 acres, move out to the country and just live a little simpler. Or whatever, they just had enough money to retire, you know, five, six, seven, maybe even 10 years before they thought, you know, they were going to. So I think we've had a mass exodus of boomers who probably could have been retired anyway. They just were remaining in the workforce. But Roger, I mean, or Josh, whoever wants to jump in on this, I mean, what is going on? And from the healthcare industry, you know, given, you know, 50,000 bonuses uh, to respiratory therapists here in Lubbock, Texas. I mean, crazy down to, you know, it takes damn an hour to get our food at Buffalo Wild Wings, which sucks, by the way. Went to a Buffalo Wild Wings for the first time in a while. Holy crap. It's like eating dog food. It's, it's awful. Oh, Josh, that's a great comment. It's a culmination of things. Hmm. Hadn't thought of that. Maybe you could expound on that a little bit. <laughs> I'm messing with him. <laughs> Hilarious. So I think uh, I think it, it, again. I think you know it's a culmination. So you got the, the boomers that are retiring because they see what's happening. They're like, you know what? We need to be able to enjoy the you know the time we have left before uh, you know before the apocalypse hits the United States. Uh, you have a lot of folks who are leaving their jobs because of COVID mandates. Uh, and then, you know, you also have a lot of places are still paying unemployment and people are getting paid to sit home. So I think you have those things, uh, you know, as far as the entry level jobs, dude, I think a lot of the entry level jobs, what you're seeing is that they're just not, folks are just not interested. And, you know, young kids, if, you know, they're, they're trying to make their way in, in different ways than, you know, I started out, you know, my very first job, you know, my, my first like actual paying, like I, you know, like I had to file taxes job was, you know, bagging groceries at Walmart. There's a lot of people out there are, you know, there's a lot of people out there, uh, you know, 16, 17, 18 years old who are not willing to do those jobs anymore. They're like, I'm not bagging groceries. You know, I hear some, you know, so we've got three teenagers and every once in a while, you know, you hear their friends be like, I'm not standing out in that Chick-fil-A drive through taking people's orders. I'm not just like, okay, well, what are you going to do? You're 17 years old. You're 18 years old. You don't know shit. You have zero skills. 
what are you what are you gonna do? Well, I'm not gonna do that. Okay. Well, I don't know. And then you have parents who turn around and it's like, well, yeah, our kids still live at home. But like, how old are your kids? Well, they're 30 and, you know, Chad's 33. It's like, okay, those aren't kids. Those are grown ass adults that you're letting freeload on you. Right. And you have a lot. You do. You absolutely have a lot of that. <laughs> um, and that's just, I, dude, it's absolutely insane. So the dominoes, so we were, uh, so we went and uh, did a hike over uh, in a, in the Uari National Forest, not too far from us this past weekend and we passed a Domino's in this little old town, right? I mean, this thing has one stoplight and, you know, you drive through it to, you know, to get to Charlotte. That's the only reason people go there. The sign out in front of the Domino's $5,000 hiring bonus, $5,000 hiring bonus. I was like, I'm delivering pizzas tonight. Like, I'm going to stop. Like, I'm going to get a job at Domino's delivering pizzas. They're going to give me $5,000 hiring bonus. Now, there's some stipulations with that. You probably got to, you know, you got to do, you know, eight, you got to work there for 18 months or, you know, 12 to 18 months before you get, you know, your 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 payout or, or whatever. You know, I'm sure it's not 5K the day you get, you know, the day you get hired because you just, you know, get that and turn around and quit the next day and walk up with your 5K. But still, like, that's absolutely insane. You know, and I think I mentioned it before when we were in Montana the Walmart in Bozeman, Montana was starting, starting, starting salary, $22 an hour, $22 an hour. I was like, dude, I'll come work three. I uh, dude, I'll come work three, four nights a week at the Walmart, $22 an hour. Dude, that's some good, that's some good bourbon money right there. That's some ammo money. I mean, that's just like, I, I, I don't understand it. I don't know if, you know, I, again, I think it's just an amalgamation of all those things, but you know, maybe Roger has a little bit more insight into it, but the the labor shortage, absolutely, absolutely insane. Especially like you were talking about in the healthcare field. And a lot of that though, I think is due to the COVID mandate specifically in the, uh, in the healthcare field. So I don't know if Roger's got, got a different idea on it. Well, you know, according to Saki, it's because there's just increased uh, demand. You know, so you just don't have the workers to meet the demand. Now, you hit it on the head. It's, it's a culmination of things. So uh, this is something that the administration has failed to do. And some of this goes back to the Trump administration. So it's not all just Biden. Uh, some of this uh, goes across. Um, but th- this takes us to the broader picture of just the overall competency of the Biden administration. So when you look at the, the work environment, Last the last administration and this administration, and talking about the, the, the various department heads and this, they set the conditions, right? They have changed the work environment. So, when you look at the eviction moratorium, right? How long did we go before uh, you could actually finally evict somebody? And then it's even worse than that because then they said, okay, guess what? Uh, uh, HUD or whoever is like, you have no authority to do that, or I'm sorry, CDC. You have no authority to do that. Well, you still have to go through the courts. Uh, so you're not, having, you're not gonna have anybody evicted. So that means that people aren't paying mortgages for two years now, going on two years, okay? Uh, you've got stimulus checks that one just came out last Friday uh, that continue to roll out. Uh, some of these are, are, are not necessarily uh, connected, you know, as far as mandates and this and that or, or government agencies, but you've got an increased amount of food banks. Now, that's uh, anecdotal. That's what I see here. I don't know how that is nationwide. But like here, there were literally, you know, 
high school football fields full of like food bank or food uh, that people could drive up and just pick up a bag of groceries and this and that, not having to, to, to pay for groceries. Uh, utility companies, again, this is more, maybe more regional uh, here for what I saw, but I remember getting letters from, you know, power, water, and even even the internet, dude, even Cox uh, internet came out and said, hey, we're not going to shut your internet off, you know, during this time. If you can't make payments, hey, we'll just work it out later. And that went for several months. So you've really taken away all the expenses that, People have to pay. When you talk about those entry-level jobs, I mean, you've changed the work environment. And like Josh said, people don't want to go back to that or don't even want to enter into that. Uh, I'm not going to go work for Jack in the Box. I can sit here and collect my COVID money for how many months did that go on? Okay. And oh, by the way, you can still collect unemployment. You just don't get the COVID bumper. Right? Uh, and then when you say that I can do that and I don't have to pay rent, so you can't evict me, and I don't have to pay for my utilities, and I'm getting a stimulus check, dude, you can go a long time. You can go a long time. Uh, because the other thing that happened, you know, and this is part of COVID with all these lockdowns, people weren't going out for a long time. So now you're starting to see all these, you know, mental issues that are coming up. People just got accustomed to staying home. I mean, what happened? Remember, like Netflix's, you know, revenue skyrocketed, right? I can imagine Xbox and PlayStation probably did the same thing because people just decided to stay home. Well, I'm sorry. They didn't decide to stay home. Now they're deciding to stay home. Back then, the government told you you're going to stay home, and you did it. And so they just got accustomed to that. It's a much cheaper lifestyle. And with some of that money that's stockpiled between that and then what Luke said with the baby boomers, uh, you've got a surging you know, uh, stock market. So 401ks are at an all-time high. People have more money uh, in, in the equity markets than they ever had. And they're saying, you know what? I'm just not going back to it. So it's, 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 you're absolutely right. It's a combination of everything. Uh, and, you know, reading from what they're putting out, even on like CNN and this and that, they're like, hey, man, this thing might actually be around a lot longer than what you believe. And it's not just here. It's, it's globally. But it goes back, you know, I tie this back to the, to the current admin where they set the conditions. It's like their policies, their actions are the reason we are where we're at and then they don't know why and can't go fix it. And I'll take it back to like, hey, anybody bought gas lately? Dude, I saw a thing with Northern California where somebody was paying over $7 a gallon for gas, regular unleaded, right? Uh, I think premium was like almost eight bucks or seven ninety nine or something like that. So you, you take this to, you know, well, presidents, because you have all these economic experts. Presidents don't control the price of oil. So you had the Biden administration attack the oil and gas industry, right? Uh, they last week had to go to the private uh, companies and ask for help. Said, hey, can you lower gas prices? Because they have no clue how this works. They have no clue how a commodity works and supply and demand works. It just shows you that, right? Uh, no, they're not going to just lower prices. It's not just arbitrary, right? They, they factor in a lot of this stuff with it. But when you've got what happened with the Keystone Pipeline, when you've got the EPA regs that have come out, oh, by the way, suspended oil and gas leases on public lands, uh, you also ended fossil fuel subsidies. What do you think is going to happen to the price of oil? And then there is a demand increase because people are going back to work, right? So according to the administration, every job that was lost during the pandemic has now been recovered. Okay, so we'll go off that. That's their official statement. So now you're back to a full workforce, which we're not because there's still 10 million jobs that are uh, not filled. But anyway, whatever. We, we won't even play with those numbers there. So now you've got increased demand. What did you think was going to happen? 
Again, they just lack the foresight. You set these conditions, right, to be in this position. Now you're here and you're like, well, how'd we get here? And your answer is to go to the private companies and say, hey, man, can you just lower your prices? That's not how it works. That's just like Obamacare. Everybody loves Obamacare. Yeah, you know what Obamacare is based off of? Medicare rates. They're not going to ask private companies to, uh, you know, to lower their prices. They're just going to say, oh, by the way, you're now in a government contract and you will accept Medicare rates that are going to be lower. That's how they're doing it. I mean, I, Luke, I don't even know how else to put it, but it's like, you know, you set these conditions you know everybody's telling you this is the way that we're going. You end up there, and it's like, well, hey, how would we get here? And, you know, before I kick it to you, I'll put it this way, and I'm curious to see what the 2021 20, numbers come out because contrary to popular belief, people fact-check this and that, and it, it pisses me off. But the when you look at the energy production, so it, being energy independent just means that your energy production versus is higher than your consumption, right? And they don't really take it, you know, uh, method for method. It's just your overall, and they, they measure it on BTUs and, and whatever. So... 2018 to 2020, when we became energy independent, our energy production uh, was had gone up to 95.7 quadrillion BTUs, consumption 92.94 uh, BTU quadrillion BTUs as far as consumption. So you know, I kind of get your thoughts, but uh, you know, 2021, yeah. I, I, maybe I see a little no, bit of a reversal no of that. Huh? You think I, we're still going to be energy independent, the dual or what? Reality thing kicks in where. The administration, the narrative says one thing, and then reality says another. But to answer your question, no, I, I don't. I think those numbers will go way down. And man, oh man, when they when that headline came out, Roger sent it to us. I about lost my mind. We we're like, you know, the Biden administration uh, taps, you know, oil or petroleum companies to help lower prices, and it's like you obviously. I lost my freaking mind. I was like, you don't know how any of this works. Where are your people checking what you say to the media? I mean, I just don't get it. I don't get them. I, I understand how uh, commodities work somewhat, probably not as well as Roger and Josh, but I understand it. Um, it's just absolutely mind-boggling, Josh. I mean, it almost seems as if they're doing it on purpose. I, I, it seems as if that... They're trying to run things down on purpose, and I go down that rabbit hole. Okay, why would they try to? Why would they be trying to do this on purpose? Is it to drive us toward green energy? Um, is it to you know uh, Manchurian candidate where they're just going to run the United States down into the ground? I tend to think that they're doing a lot of this on purpose to drive to drive artificial demand. Uh, to green energy. And the end state on that is just not good. I think we said in one of our earliest podcasts about green energy is, is there a place for it? Sure. But the demand has to be there and it can't be artificial. Name me one time in economic history. And I'm serious about this. If somebody wants to educate me where someone created an artificial demand for something and it ended up working in the long term, it, it just, it doesn't work. I mean, I don't know too much about economics, but I do know that artificial demand doesn't work. And that's what's happened with this green energy thing. Wind, wind energy is it's a good idea, but it's just not there yet. Uh, solar energy is a great idea. We're just not there yet. Uh, maybe when real demand presents itself, you know, if we see peak oil someday, first of all, 
if peak oil ever actually does happen, that will be the end of your life as you know it for the next two decades, man. It will be mass hysteria. Your life will change. People will suffer, which will make Josh very happy. What will not make Josh happy is when he's suffering along with him. But but if peak oil does hit, <laughs> you're going to see massive, massive um, <laughs> leaps forward in alternative energy sources. Why? Because the demand is there. It will be there and it will be real. So until the demand is there, I mean, we can try to say we're going to go green and, you know, we're going to shoot ourselves in the foot while China and India catch up to us and pass us by while we're, you know, left in their, in their wake. But, um, yeah, it's just, you know, Roger, you caught me off guard with that because, you know, I, I couldn't believe the incompetence and I more so I couldn't believe that somebody actually said that to the public. Uh, we'd like the petroleum companies to help. After you shut down the Keystone Pipeline, winch. Yes, I said winch. But Josh, I've kind of gone off a little bit. I might be kind of going off the rails here. What are your thoughts on it? Is it on purpose? Are they doing it on purpose? Why are they doing this? Are they just? I don't know. What's going on? So I go back. I go back and forth on that exact same thing, and you know, we kind of chat about it every once in a while at work. You know, it's like there's no way because there's some of these things. It's like there's no way they can be this incompetent. Like the you know, let's just as an example, you know, the trillion dollar coin. Like there's no way they can be this incompetent. Like this has to be intentional. And then you know, you can go back and be like, no, they just they're just they're truly that dumb. Uh, they're almost as dumb as the 81 million people who voted for them that, you know, but then you go back and you're like, there's no way. But I, so I think it's, uh, you know, to use one of your favorite words, Luke, I, I, I think it's insidious, uh, what they're doing. I think not only are they trying to, you know, create artificial demand for, uh, for green energy, I think they're doing it in, you know, every other area so they can come back and pass legislation to fundamentally transform the United States and, you know, and subvert the, the constitution, you know, Barry said it when, when he got, you know, when he got elected, we are going to fundamentally transform the United States. And I think that that is being continued uh, with this administration because there, dude, there's, there's a certain level of, of incompetence that you get with, you know, with, with some, some of these folks. Right. And then, but you go back and you look at them. A lot of these people are not stupid. They're not stupid by, you know, by any stretch of the imagination. And you're like, there, there's no way that this is incompetence at this point. Um, at this point, there's, there, there's no way, there's no way that, you know, incompetence has, you know, led be like, man, I just don't know what to do at the ports. All these ships are so backed up and I just, I just don't know what to do. Okay. Well, there's probably a lot of people, you know, that work for you, work with you be like, Hey idiot, this is what you do. Like, this is how you fix this. And for them not to do it, it's not incompetence. It's, it's insidious. It's, it's deliberate at this point. Um, and it just, Yeah. I don't, I, I just, there's no other way. There's no other way that this makes sense. I mean, you know, you you're trying to apply Occam's razor to it. Like what's the most logical explanation? It's, it's intentional and this is deliberate. Uh, you know, I don't know. 
So, right, you know, we'll see what Roger thinks on that. But I, I, you can chalk some things up to incompetence. But at this point, no, it's, it's intentional, 100% intentional. It's no different than what we were talking about with, with San Francisco. You see what's going on. You see what the result of what your policies are. Uh, and, and they continue down that road. So it just goes back to they don't, you know, they don't care. So final word, uh, go around the horn one time. My last piece here, um, one, I feel bad for the thousands and thousands of folks that may have had a tattoo like this or, you know, whatever. But uh, so the new Superman is going to be gay. Um, and they also changed the motto. So it's no longer truth, justice, and the American way, but is truth, justice, and a better tomorrow. Uh, going back to my favorite, you know, term for Luke, they've uh, they've gone global. So it's no longer it's no longer about America. And it, you know, if we joke about it, it's the it's the it's no longer America first, right? It's global. And there's another there's another term for that uh, that I'll let our listeners, you know, I, I'm sure you can guess it, but. You know, it's no longer about the American people, and based on your own merit and hard work, we have to rise as as, as a global people. So, uh, all those folks out there, you know, I don't I don't know if there's going to be a huge tattoo removal. I don't know if it matters one way or another. And it's not the it's not the original Superman. It's the uh, I think it's supposed to be his son or something like that. And he you know has a boyfriend or whatever. But kind of curious to see what uh, you know what maybe I'll reach out to him. I'm going to reach out to Shaquille O'Neal because I know he's got the Man of Steel tattoo on his arm. Uh, and see if he's uh, got any opinions on that. So that's all, right. all I got so, to say, Luke. Sorry about that. Uh, I wanted to close out. No, I'm joking. Josh, you can close us out. Um, yeah, so I got – with my 34.5 semi-flaccid, uh, I started <laughs> up – I got some good – a little good news story about the workforce. Um, uh, I was in Amarillo this week and uh, staying at a hotel, wife's back home taking care of things, doing the real work. And I had Domino's pizza like three nights in a row. It was great. It's my favorite food. I wasn't having it six times a day. I got to step it up. I know, folks. But um, so I, I went to Domino's that last night and I ordered a ordered a pizza and uh, went yeah. to check out and, uh, you know, I, I did carry out and uh, went to pick it up. And the kid behind the counter, man, they were hard at work. And you can see their little Domino's tracker. I love that. And and they, they just crank them out and those kids are all in there working. Wasn't anybody over the age of 24 <laughs> and they were, they were doing it right. Yeah. In my opinion, I love to see that these kids working hard, man, uh, learning the work ethic. And I go to check out and the kid you know, quotes me a price and it was like 17 bucks. And I was like, oh, okay, it's one pizza. And I was like, okay, you know, whatever. And he goes, well, that's too much. He goes, that's too much. I said, well, I didn't put a coupon on it. I didn't see one for a large pizza. And he goes, let me fix that for you. And he put a coupon on there. He didn't have to do that. Cause I was ready to pay, man. I had my card out and everything. And he's like, let me fix that for you. He put a coupon on there, charged me seven bucks. And so I was like, man, I didn't have any cash to leave him a tip. So I went out to an ATM, got some cash, brought it back and gave it to him because man, I mean, he didn't have to do that. That's good customer service. And that's something I'm seeing less and less. So I, I encourage everyone, you know, if you see somebody out there that's going the extra mile when they, especially when they don't have to with customer service and they're young, or old, it doesn't matter, man. Take care of them, because man, that 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 bit. I actually, I gave him twenty bucks. I gave so him, I was just going to give him ten. How much? Did because you he saved me ten bucks, and I was ready to pay for that. But I went ahead and gave him twenty. Make him feel good. I don't know, but uh, three, 
Three shout outs. So shout out to Domino's at 2105 South Coulter in Amarillo, Texas. <laughs> uh, they're doing it right. Uh, want to give a shout out to Texas Parks and Wildlife in Northwest Texas. Those guys are on the ball, man. They are they're out there moving and shaking and they are not letting up. Uh, Ransom Canyon Police Department. Keep it up. I think we've got a new listener out there. I appreciate your help and I take every opportunity to help you out as well. And one final shout out, Sherman County Sheriff Ted Allen. That guy is a piece of work in a very good way. Maybe we can get him on the show someday, former rodeo rider, rancher, and sheriff of a great county. So appreciate appreciate all y'all listening. Uh, kick it to Josh. Have a good one, everybody. Nice. Hey, real quick on your uh, 34.5 uh, semi-flaccid plant, are you doing uh, – doing any yoga incorporated into that it's not yoga uh what you it is yoga kind of but what you do is you stretch you know and you kind of arch your back like a dog and crank your butt cheeks to the side sitting on wood you have to be sitting on wood and you have to do this every time you feel the need to fart and you you crank that back stretch it crank that cheek up and let out the loudest fart you possibly can. That's part of 34.5 flaccid. So it is a little stretching. It's a little, you know, muscle contraction. So, yeah, that's part of it. Fascinating. Fascinating. Um, so uh, <laughs> with that, we're just going to, yeah, we're just going to end this here, uh, you know, to uh, to protect the women and children. Hey, real quick, uh, big shout out to uh, Carlton Zeus. Thanks again for the uh, the intro music. And until next time, I would say come visit us on our website, but that is still uh, not a uh, not a thing yet. So maybe that'll get up within, I don't know, maybe the next year or so. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen first, the website or Biden's uh, approval rating climbs back up above 40. So, Or Joe Exotic comes on. Or Joe Exotic comes on, or Mike Ooh. Huckabee. So... That'll do it for this uh, this episode. Until the, until next time, you guys keep your canteen cups full of good whiskey and tightly secured. <laughs>